Hey, what's up? Welcome to Gimmick Street Wrestling Podcast. I am Funky Sam Medina, and I am along with comedian Pratik Srivastava. Hello. Hope you're enjoying your uh, family or your turkey day. <laughs> yeah. And I'm also here with uh, Florida rock star Xavier Vacuna. What's up, Xavier? Hello, hello. How is everybody doing? Hell yeah. We're here for a Thanksgiving special, you guys. We're talking about Survivor Series. Woo! Hell hell yeah. Hope you guys are all enjoying uh, Thanksgiving with your families when this uh, <laughs> comes out. It, it, the Survivor Series makes Thanksgiving with the family just a little bit easier. <laughs> a little better. I can, just, I can sneak off. My parents don't like me cooking or helping, so I'm just like, kind of sitting there twiddling my thumbs. So I would just go upstairs and watch, like, especially with the network. Oh my god! Like, I'll I'll put on one of the Survivor Series. Like, oh man, something. if I had the network when I was a kid, I would. Yeah, the Survivor Series is uh, traditionally a, a Thanksgiving Eve tradition. I just said tradition twice, but. Uh, it used to be a Thanksgiving Eve tradition. It was on every year on the day before Thanksgiving, which was really fun. Uh, but now, you know, it's people aren't going to watch it because family and things like that. And you can always watch it later. But it was a lot of fun back in the 80s and the 90s when they decided to do that. Anyway, tough crowd, tough crowd. <laughs> hey, so we're going to go over our, our five favorite traditional Survivor Series elimination matches. And maybe yeah. a couple other fun, exciting things, you guys. I'm super excited about that. Um, I did you first of all, I want to talk about research because I was looking for some ideas and I typed in traditional survivor series matches. There's not a lot of great ones. Yeah. There's not a lot of great ones. There's not a lot of great ones. I, I think. I think we feel, oh, you're saying you didn't find a lot of them. No, there was not a lot of great ones. I'm like, I was looking back, you know, at the top ten or whatever, and I was like Wow, this is a tradition. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like to cat to to most mainstream like WWE fans when they think of Survivor Series, they don't necessarily think of the match that is Survivor Series. They think of you know the screw job, or they think of you know deadly games, or they think of some of the other uh, iconic things that have happened at the pay per view. They think of the Undertaker, for example. You know, they think of things that maybe aren't necessarily the match, but you know. I think there have been some good ones that just, you know, get lost, you know, in the, they, 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 they fall through the cracks, you know, cause there's like, as I was going through and finding like things, I was like, Oh yeah, I forgot. I genuinely forgot about this or I forgot how good it was. You know? Yeah. There was a, a bunch that I found that I forgot about. Yeah. Yeah. The elimination chamber they introduced right in 2002. That's oh, another, I forgot about that. That was synonymous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Eric Bischoff's idea. I wonder if he still gets royalties for that. <laughs> and it's funny because they did that as their cheap version of war games and now they're doing war games of survivor series yes it's it's kind of interesting how they went from elimination chamber to war games and now war and war games was traditionally the nxt would be on the week of survivor series but now it's actually in the fucking paper so i think it's a good way and it's five on five too um and it's now I believe it's eliminate. There's an elimination element to war games, if I'm mistaken. Or you just pin it. You're pinning everybody, right? No, I don't think you it's don't, elimination. I, I don't think it is. I it's hope, single, just I single pin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, do you guys think it's safe to say that war games got called up? <laughs> it's about time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was about that time, man. It needed to go to the main roster. Hell yeah. And War Games didn't so, even have to face Dolph Ziggler to get their to get their main <laughs> roster. Made. It seems like that's you got to face Dolph Ziggler and see how you do. If you're too oh, green, yeah. we don't we don't bring you up. But yeah, like for a minute there was like Shinsuke's debut was Dolph Ziggler, Rob Bobby Roode when Bobby Roode was you know still had you know when we thought he was going to be like, world champion. Mm-hmm. 
Hopefully they rehab his image. I'm I'm hoping for that. But yeah. He's he's older. You know what? He's older. Uh I'm glad that he got uh, a nice little US title run on the main roster. If that's yeah. all he gets, then you know, <laughs> it's been nice. With his with his Fu Man he had like I think he had a walrus mustache going at the time or something. <laughs> yeah, he had a Rick Rude mustache for a while. Yes. Okay, not maybe yeah. not walrus, but Rick Rude mustache. Yeah, it felt very Rick Rudish. <laughs> it did feel very Rick Rude. Um, so do you guys uh, want to talk about your five favorite Survivor Series matches? Let's do it. All right, yeah, I'm going to go first with my number five, you guys. Uh, this one had to be on my list because it's the first wrestling match that I remember ever watching, and it kind of made me start really getting into to wrestling. And it was the main event. I didn't realize it was the main event, so I just looked it up. Uh, Survivor Series 1989. And it was uh, the Ultimate Warriors uh, the Ultimate Warrior, Jim Neidhart, Shawn Michaels, and Marty Jannetty uh, defeating the Heenan family, which was Bobby Heenan, Andre the Giant, Haku, and Double A, Arn Anderson. And so what I remember about being like seven or eight years old was watching Bobby Heenan uh, getting chased around the ring by the Warrior. And that memory stuck with me this whole time. <laughs> you guys remember that match? I remember I've seen highlights of it. I don't think I've seen the full thing, but uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, I feel like, you know, Bobby Heenan, you know, perfect as the weasel chicken shit heel running around. He, he sold those perfectly. So yeah, it's, I gotta go back and watch it. I think. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that'll be my, I, I, I remember seeing highlights of it, but I've not seen the full thing. Um, you know, so I, maybe I'll have to start, turn that on this Thanksgiving, but you know, I think that's a good pick. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell it's the original, you know, yeah, it is. It's old school. Which one was this? Eighty nine. It was eighty nine. It was the main event of eighty nine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty fun. Bobby Heenan. It's it's crazy because out of every single people, like out of all the wrestlers, Bobby Heenan was the one that really made me fall in love with wrestling. Just watching him get his butt kicked by the Warrior. Bobby Heenan was incredible. Hell yeah! All right, Xavier, was... you got a number five on your list. What's that? You got a number five on your list. Yeah, so I'm going chronologically to avoid the the, uh, the stress of deciding like an order. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to start with 1994, and it was uh, Shawn Michaels, Razor Ramon, and the One Two Three Kid against um, David Davy Boy Smith and the New Head Shrinkers. Oh, it or, was a six man. Yeah. Here I'm pulling it up again so I don't mess it up. Was yeah, Michaels and then against one, two, three, kid. Wow, what a dream team! Yeah, Diesel, Jeff Jarrett, Jim Neidhart, Owen Hunt, Shawn Michaels just stood out. Just think about you know, just thinking about the lineup. It's a great one. All those, all those superstars, all those egos. You know, it's uh, yeah. How do they come? It's a great story, and I just remember you know renting it from Blockbuster when I was a kid. You know, and you know just. Maybe just the feeling, the nostalgia. You said 1994? Yeah. Nice. Hell yeah. What about you, Pratik? You got number five? Yeah, my number five I'm going to go with is uh, it's from the 1993 Survivor Series. Uh, it is the uh, main event. It's the All-Americans, Lex Luger, Steiner Brothers, Undertaker, defeating the foreign fanatics, uh, the Crush, uh, uh, Jock, Ludwig Borga, and Yokozuna. But you I had... 
You, ha- I mean, it's just yes, it's it's it was a it, and it went about. I'm looking here on Wikipedia, 27 minutes 59 seconds. It's a it's a long one, but it, again, you have so many just egos, and you have you have the Steiner brothers, you know, the the Hall of Fame, the 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 current Hall of Famers, the the recently inducted Steiner brothers with the Undertaker, uh, and Undertaker's in full on Western Undertaker mode. You got Paul Bear there. You have all these. You also have like these battle of the managers. You have like Jim Cornette in there, Fuji, Paul Bear. All of them are running around. It's a whole. It's a whole thing. There's, there's so much. Uh, I remember. I remember watching this. I think either it might have been like a year later after it happened in '94, but it was when Blockbuster had like the WWF section of uh, like Blockbuster, and they have the old pay per view VHS, yeah. VHSs. Yeah. And I remember we got that. And I'm like, this is this is wild. So yeah, I don't necessarily remember the build for it, but I remember being excited by that paper. And I remember being the, excited for the artwork too, because they took like the classic family Thanksgiving artwork, and it's literally like fucking Lex Luger fucking cutting into a turkey. And then you have the horny. Oh, yeah. It's good Yokozuna too. So it's great. And again, Yoko, I mean a big man who could move like Yokozuna, like my God, like it's it's great. You know, yeah, maybe uh, you know. Ludwig and you know Jock and all maybe they weren't necessarily I mean I like Crush but to me it was definitely like Yoko being the star of the it was kind of like the he the main heels leading his little underling faction it was it was it was great it was fun there was camp to it too it was back when WWF had that fun camp anything I think I, I had to include that it. was a very campy era my yeah. favorite part of the whole build to that you see you don't really remember the build my favorite part of the whole build was when they asked Undertaker to be on their team, he opened up his jacket and he had an American flag painted on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> that was the only time he ever had color, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it was a prelude to the American badass. <laughs> oh, it was. You're right. I didn't even think about that. <clears throat> All right. So for my next pick, I'm going to go back to 1994. I think, uh, I think Xavier brought up 94. It's a different match, though. Uh, this one's going to be uh, Doink, Dink, Pink, and Stink uh, versus Jerry okay. the King Lawler, Sleazy, Queasy, and Cheesy. This match, so this was 94. So I was, a, I was, you know, a teenager, a young teenager. Uh, this match was really fun uh, just because it was all the little people involved and it was just all the doinks and all the little mini Jerry Lawlers. I love it. <laughs> it was so entertaining. Yeah. It was so good. I think about this match sometimes. Hell yeah. I don't remember it, but I, I need to watch it. Now. You need to watch it. No, you need to watch it. I don't, it's I don't. Jerry Lawler and three little mini Jerry Lawlers against Doink and three mini Doinks. <laughs> Basically. Sort of like if they had like the Mario mushroom where one of them grew and then you had the other one. <laughs> that's, yeah, Mario. that's what it looked like. <laughs> what year was that? Remind 1994. Me 1994. 1994. Yeah, it was the King's Court versus Clowns Are Us. Okay. <laughs> that's what it was labeled on the internet. I'm looking up the, was so the second match of the night on this card. Hell yeah, 1994. That was a good year. It was a good. You know, a lot of people hate the new generation era, but it's one of my favorite eras. I feel like it's really slept on. And that was the pay per view with the main event of Yokozuna Undertaker. Hey, Chuck Norris. <laughs> Hell yeah, Chuck Norris was on a pay per view. <laughs> he kicked Jeff Jarrett in the face. I love that. <laughs> Hell yeah. What you got for number four, Xavier, on your next on your list? But, so I got 2001. It was Team WWF, The Rock, Chris Jericho, The Undertaker, Kane, and Big Show 
uh, defeating the Alliance consisting oh. of Stone Cold, Ooh. Steve Austin, Kurt Angle, Rob Van Dam, Booker T, and Shane McMahon. I know it's really controversial. The whole Alliance angle gets a lot of heat, but at the time, I was a sucker for it, and it just to this day stands out. You know? Yeah, yeah. No, I loved it. I really did. It was a good. T- it was a good era, and I loved having. Those guys, especially RVD in the WWF. Just ripped it. And, you know, the story, you know, the really good. It was, a good, it was a good one. Really good build. I remember with the, yeah. uh, the Puddle of Mud song, Classic Control. The only thing <laughs> I was a little bit negative about was I felt like they were just, it was just an easy way to clean up the invasion storyline. Like, <laughs> put it all on the line yeah. for one match and then forget about it. You know, yep. but other than that, I did enjoy it. The storytelling was great. How Kurt Angle turned, he went to the Alliance, and then he turned back during the match. Yeah. That was, it was good. Austin was a heel in the Alliance, which was ridiculous. Good storytelling. You got to have the Austin Rock face face down again, because if you remember, right after WrestleMania X7, Rock left and went to film Scorpion King, so you didn't get that, like, cleanup match or whatever. So this was a good way to kind of have – Rock and Austin face each other again. It was, yeah, you're no, right. I didn't even think about that. I remember that match. I'm looking at it right now. Forty. I remember watching that match and not getting. It was just you know everybody had their own little feuds going on, so everybody had something to face off with, and then like the feuds were interfe- interfering with their each other, so it didn't really drag. And I look at the time right now. It went 44 minutes and 50 57 seconds. That's a long wow. ass. Match. A long. That's, time, a, that's yeah. a lot of big names though. Yes. Oh, wait, let me, let me rephrase that. That's a lot of big names in Shane McMahon. <laughs> <laughs> you are correct, sir. <laughs> but, uh, and, and you know what? Kudos to Rob Van Dam for holding his own against all those big stars. I think he that really was his first him. real big test. Yeah. Yes. That was a good yeah, He went on to be in a triple threat match for the world title after that against Austin and I think Ankle. Yeah. Um, good match. Yeah, I still remember great. that pay per view started with a heel, uh, Paul Heyman and, Jer- and and Jr. And Paul Heyman was like, "For the final time, it's a WWF pay per view." And Jr. It's been terrible broadcasting with you, like in full on <laughs> heel mode. Oh, I love them together. Yes, no, it, it, I did too. I, I, Paul was Heyman was so incredible. That time where Jerry Lawler just quit and Heyman was doing <laughs> because Cat was fired, like a legit the cat got fired. Yeah, <laughs> he goes bye. Yeah. And then uh, Paul Heyman uh, got fired, and they brought Jerry Lawler back the next week. That was good. That's the next night, actually. Yeah, that that happened, and they they literally have Paul Heyman being dragged away, dragged out, kicking and screaming. Yeah, the Raw after that was great. You also had Ric Flair debuting uh, uh, the next night too, because it was in it was in North Carolina. Uh, I believe this. Oh yeah, yeah. That's when he said, uh, "We're partners. We're business partners." Because yeah. the famous we're partners. Yeah. A consortium was made. <laughs> consortium. Yeah, what the hell is a consortium? Uh, uh. The consortium. It's so good. That's the first and the only time I've ever heard that word. Yeah, same actually. I mean, I made it in a business movie or something. I don't know. Consortium. That definitely changed uh, changed the the feel of the WWF uh, because we did go from the invasion angle to being Ric Flair. Uh, owning half the company. It was fun. It was a good time. It was a good time. It was good. Yeah, I loved it. It was it was a good time. Hell yeah. What do you, what do you got next on your list, Pratik? Uh, for number four, I'm going to go, we're going to go a little bit further up uh, to 2004, the main event, uh, which was Team Orton versus Team Triple H. For, it's a four on four, not a five on five. I think they were like, there were years where it would just be four on four. It's not five on five, but uh, you know, great match you had. You had 
uh, on Team Orton, you had Randy Orton, Chris Benoit, Chris Jericho, and of all people, <laughs> this is the wild card, Maven. Tough enough winner number one, you had Maven <laughs> in that match uh, versus Team Triple H, which was Triple H, Batista, Edge, and Gene Snitsky, and, and Ric Flair as well, just kind of on the apron. So again, superstars abound. Yes, I know uh, Benoit, obviously, it's it's hard to, you know, watch his matches, but again, like, just a good stacked card. Good, you had all your main eventers fighting each other. Uh, twenty-four minute match. Again, didn't drag. Everybody like there were again little feuds. I'm a big fan of the Survivor Series, like having the little mini feuds going on during the TV, and then it all like just comes together. And and, and I use this word uh, before, but it's a car wreck. Just everybody's just kind of going at each other. Bodies are flying everywhere. Uh, yeah. So I'm a big fan of that. And uh, the winner of that was Team Orton. So, uh, oh, and there were there were stakes for this match too. In case you're wondering, the stakes were whichever team won would be in charge of Raw uh, for a month. That was the stakes. <laughs> Such a creative, <laughs> intricate stake, you know? Like you get to be in charge of Raw. <laughs> <laughs> you get to be in charge of Raw for one month. I remember that. That was crazy. It sweetens the deal. Yeah, I mean, little incentive. It- Little incentives, you know. Um, I'm surprised they never did a Survivor Series where, like, the winner gets, like, you know, a pick of, like, the last spot or something at Royal Rumble. Like, why not lead it? But it maybe it's just because it's so, so far out. Because it's so know? far but, out. I do think that's a good idea, though, um, to, to give them some kind of incentive. incentive. Even, like, the way WCW did the Battle Bowl, how they had all the winners end up in a Battle Royal at the end. At the end, yes. Yeah, something. Or, like, you know, the winners of the... The winning team gets, you know, a number one contender shot for a title or something. Like they can, they can have a bet, final fatal four way, and then the winner gets a title shot. Or something. Give them, gotta give them something. You know, brand supremacy is not enough of a stake. There needs to be more than that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, number three. So I guess you guys can tell that I'm definitely. Uh, I really like the '90s a lot. Uh, number three is from 1995, and I thought this was an interesting, interesting concept. They introduced the wild card match where it was it was random. It was random. Okay. People. And this was 1995. It was Shawn Michaels, Ahmed Johnson, the British Bulldog, and Sid Vicious versus Yokozuna, Owen Hart, Razor Ramon, and Dean Douglas. That's a list of people right there. Um, to change things up a little bit, the, the Bulldog was on the babyface team and Razor Ramon was on the heel team. I think that's what it was. Um, but it was a really fun, interesting match, uh, and it was it was random. They they said it was you know randomly picked, and I thought they were going to stick with that because I thought that was super fun. But they didn't do it. It was just one time. Hell yeah! Uh, I've not I've not seen that. I'll have to go back and uh, yeah, it's fun. It's yeah. it's a good time. I really like the nineties. Uh, it was a twenty seven minute match, and uh, it was just a lot of stars. You know, there's like the other one. There was a lot of stars in this match, right? And I think that's important. <laughs> And, you know, you gotta, you can have maybe like one or two Survivor Series matches. Oh, let me ask you this. How many Survivor Series matches were on that card? Was that the only one or? Uh, you know what? I think it may have been. Okay. Let interesting. Me look it up. You're right though. You're right. Cause that's kind of the time frame where they stopped really doing it. I see. I think there was two more on that card. They had the Body Donnas uh, versus the Underdogs. And then there was the Dark Side versus uh the royals which body donna's against the oh. underdogs yeah i did uh, who was on that match does it tell you uh yeah it's a uh, skip rad redford dr tom pritchard and one two three kid i feel like i just read about this the other day i heard it on a podcast with sunny and ted dibiase uh defeating uh marty janetti hakushi barry horowitz and bob holly 
Wow, Barry Horowitz had a stunning, stunning lineup, dude. Barry Horowitz in there. That's that, crazy. It, it sounds like the prelude to the Job Squad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> job Squad. <laughs> what a lineup, dude! Like that is that is a crazy lineup. So yeah, they had three in that one. And that's kind of when they were going away from it a little bit. Okay. Yeah, I feel like that was the the beginning of the not decline, but just the change of scenery, you know. Yeah, I, I feel like Vince didn't like gimmicks for a little while. That's why they dropped the King of the Ring so quickly. They kind of dropped the Survivor Series traditional matches because I feel like he thinks it's hard to sell. Right. Yeah, towards the end, some of those Survivor Series matches, I don't know. I just had absolutely zero interest, you know, like the later on. like Especially when it came like Raw versus SmackDown and they yeah. changed brands so often that who cares? Yeah, you really, you really lose like the mystique and the credibility of the match with – you know, like hot shotting it, and I don't know. I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing this this Survivor Series, this War Games. Like you put a lot of thought, and man, that Bloodline storyline, I just God sells itself. It's money. It's great. <laughs> no, it really Delicious. does. Really, really does. Uh, what do you have next on your list, Xavier? Uh, next, I have an honorable mention. I'm going against the grain. It was the Triple Threat tag team match for the WWE tag team match in uh, Survivor Series 2002. It was Edge and Rey Mysterio versus Los Guerreros and uh, Kurt Angle and Chris Benoit. Great, oh, hard-hitting. Really I love that era. You know, the SmackDown 6 or whatever. It was just chef's kiss, man. Just delicious. Just great. Everything I want out of it. Yeah, that was a good time frame, too. The SmackDown 6. Oh, Just incredible, man. I loved it. That's a good card. Uh, that whole uh, Survivor Series is great. I'm actually going to yeah. reference that <laughs> a little later in my list. But yeah, that's also the one you have. A, you have you have Shane and uh, Kane in an ambulance match. I remember that. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh my goodness. Kane was fighting with Linda, and then I guess something happened with Lin- Linda. Got in- Linda McMahon got involved. Kane was fighting Linda, and all of a sudden Shane is like, "Oh, I'm going to defend my mom's honor." And then you get a little like just you know is that when is that is that when uh, Kane hooked up a battery to Shane's uh, genital area? If I'm not mistaken, yeah, I believe that's that's the match. If I'm not mistaken, let me yeah, that might be a good. I distinctly remember the the car battery spot. Oh man, yeah, that was interesting times. Throwing to steel steps, Shane. The 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 finish of that match was a coast to coast off the roof of the ambulance. (laughs) <laughs> you need you need like weird spots of course it goes to goes but it's off of uh, how are we gonna how are we gonna change up the coast to coast do it off an ambulance so you know, <laughs> there shane jump off this shit tonight they call it the uh, gurney to gurney or something <laughs> gurney to gurney <laughs> i would love that. Uh-huh. uh mr mcmahon defeated the undertaker i was actually thinking we should talk about this pay-per-view but yeah i want to mention real quick there was also a buried alive match on this match as well so in case you weren't tired of the mcmahon's fighting with the Brothers of Destruction, you have Mr. McMahon defeating The Undertaker in a buried live match in 12 minutes. Wow, in 12 minutes. <laughs> in 12 minutes, because I guess Kane, and this is when Kane famously was like, I finished my brother, and, and then Undertaker finished, because this is when Undertaker was still doing American Badass, and I believe the build to this is creating Kane versus regular Undertaker again at WrestleMania 20, so this was the killing off of Biker Taker at this Survivor Series pay-per-view. So 
a lot of storylines. Oh, wow. And then he came back as uh, as, the, as the, the dead the dead hybrid. The dead hybrid, yeah. That's pretty cool. What do you got next on your list, uh, Pratik? I'm going to go with uh, uh, a more current uh, entry in 2016. But yes, it was brand supremacy. This was the 2016 Survivor Series where you had uh, the, the, they had the main event was not this match, but it was basically the match of the night because the, the match that followed this was Brock Lesnar and Goldberg for one minute, the, the big shocker. But the match right before that was uh, Team SmackDown versus Team Raw. But you had literally just, you know, balls to the wall stars on this. SmackDown, you had AJ Styles, Bray Wyatt, and Dean Ambrose and Randy Orton. Uh, and then you had Team Raw, which was Braun Strowman, Chris Jericho, Kevin Owens. You had Chris Jericho, Kevin Owens doing the their little, you know, team team KO. Were they feuding one week? Were they not feuding another week? They fight with each other in the middle of the match. It's great. You have a Shield reunion in the middle of that match at the time when you didn't think they were going to triple Pabram, and they do that. Uh, it's 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 a it's a wild match. It's it, and again, AJ Styles just in the mix too. He's he's fucking wild. And this match went uh, fifty two minutes and fifty five seconds. Wow, that was a long wow, one. It's a long. Yeah, I mean they had they had to pick up the slack because Goldberg and Brock Lesnar were going to give you more than a minute. <laughs> Jeez, yeah, that match was like a minute long. That's also famously where uh, uh, Shane took a spear into like the wall and got like another because con- Shane doesn't have enough concussions. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think he did like a coast to coast and then Roman speared him into like a guardrail. So like it's uh, it, it's a stiff it's a stiff bump. I I encourage our listeners maybe they might be like oh, oh I rem- no yeah I think I think he was doing a coast to coast and Roman speared him out of the air. Okay. And it was just, it looked so devastating. So it wasn't against the guardrail. Maybe it was, but I, I, I don't know. I think you just spit him out of the air. It was really, yeah. really devastating. That's crazy. I, I encourage everybody to go back and, uh, you know, watch that for sure. It might be a one match pay-per-view, but it's a, it's a good match. Yeah, I'll definitely check it out. I feel like I did see it when it happened at the time. And it didn't leave a bad taste in my mouth. I remember they had a 10 on 10, too. It's like a yes. tag teams. Gals and Anderson. That's all I really remember. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it was a good, the good brothering. <laughs> yes. The good, good brother. Talking shop. <laughs> good brothering. Do you think they'll co- they'll like do their podcast? Probably not, right? I don't know. I think they just stopped. Like, back in, no, they, they, they were doing it for a while. For um, a minute. They maybe they're... Employed, you know. but they, I, I think they stopped, yeah. <laughs> I want another talking shop mania. Those like scripted papers. Uh, I wouldn't. I haven't seen that, but I heard about it. I really, really want to see that. I saw the first one because somebody just dumped it online right after it aired, and then I never saw the second one, which which had a the second one had a ball for ball match. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> ball for ball because eye for eye. Eye for eye. It happened that that year famously. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I bought both. If you want. Oh, I'll there send, you go. Look I'll at I'll you. I'll send you my. Uh, my fight TV login. You can check out this. <laughs> Hell yeah! It was good. I, I I was like in college at the time. Like I had went back to school, and while those came out, like I would just do my homework. Like having Talking Shop of Mania just playing in the background. Yeah, you know, it's good shit. Hell yeah, that's cool. Yeah, no, they have a. I really enjoyed their podcast. It was really fun. Uh, Uncle Alan, like whole AJ doing characters and stuff on it. That was uh, really good. Yeah, I love that. Right. Before they were actually... Reptile. 
big deal from Puerto Rico. It was just, just great, man. I love it. Hell yeah. All right. My next one I have on my list is uh, 1990. The game with the 90s, you guys. I'm sorry. It's just, it's my, it's my heyday. Uh, <laughs> where did it go? 1993. It was the Hart family versus Shawn Michaels and the Knights. Now, I don't know if you guys know this, but Jerry the King Lawler was supposed to be in this match. And there was supposed mm. to be his Knights, but he was busy in Memphis with the statutory rape court case. Ooh. He eventually was not guilty. Uh, well, you know, uh, probably got paid off or, you know, whatever happened. But uh, so Jerry Lawler wasn't here. He wasn't doing this. So Shawn Michaels stepped in. And, you know, Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart always, like, always do put on a good match. So I was extra excited when Shawn Michaels became uh, the person instead of Jerry Lawler. And then this is the match where Bret Hart famously knocked Owen off the apron onto the guardrail. Or, no, I think Owen knocked Bret into the guardrail. And that caused the dissension because Owen got, yeah, Owen knocked Brett to the guardrail. Owen got pinned and he was the only one to get pinned. And then he came back after the match was over and he got in Bret Hart's face. And that started the whole Bret Hart versus Owen Hart feud. It's probably my favorite feud in the history of wrestling. It's a good, I mean, yeah, I think that's the key with these Survivor Series matches. You know, what, what's next? Is this leading to something? Is it creating more feuds? Is it, is it, you know, because you have all these people. I like, I actually like when they throw other, like when you have like a team that doesn't get along and you have people that are kind of fighting with their, that's what I love about the 2017 one is, uh, or 2016 one, excuse me, is that, you know, not everybody's getting along. So you have these weird team ups in the middle of yeah. a match, you know, and then you, it kind of, it kind of adds more drama to it. So I think, yeah, you know, if the Survivor Series should lead, should be a building point, building bridge to another feud or something, you know. Or two people didn't like each other in the mask. Well, hey, they're going to have a singles at some point. You know, maybe tease it in the four-on-four four or five-on-five, five and it leads to something else. Absolutely. Yep. It was a good time. What do you have next, Xavier? Next, I have Survivor Series 2003. It was uh, Team Bischoff defeating Team Austin oh. on Team Bischoff. <laughs> oh, that's Chris that's I right. had that. I had right. that as my you number had one. That. <laughs> that was gonna be my no, number. No, I just spoiled it for you. See, that's no, why it's I went fine. Let's talk about. It. But, Let's talk. But about hey, it. We're, we're here. Let's talk about it. Let's talk yeah. about it. It's a silly storyline in a sense. You know, if Austin loses, he has to step down as uh, Rocco general manager. And, you know, and if he wins, he no longer had to uh, be provoked. You know, to attack a raw superstar because he was on his own. So it's <laughs> silly, but you know, at the time with the lineup, it was great, and it just. You know, to this day, just stands out as one of those fun, kind of silly, uh, you know, Survivor Series stipulation matches. You know, yeah, <laughs> you have you again raising the stakes, which which is a lot, especially like on this card. Again, this is the one that has a buried alive match. You got an ambulance match. A lot of stipulations <laughs> on this. On this, yep. thing. I think I still believe this should have closed out the show. It shouldn't have been I Goldberg. Agree. Goldberg, Triple H. I mean, again, I'm glad. Go. I guess Goldberg got the title or whatever, whatever, whatever. Yeah. But yeah, this was the match. I remember. I remember watching this pay per view, and this was the match tonight. This is one I was excited about. You know. Wait, what year was this? 2002? 2003. 2003. Yeah. You had Shawn Michaels. I mean, the star power just alone on the star power of each side. It's fucking great. You know, Jericho, Christian, all these workhorses. You know, Shawn Michaels, Orton. Just stacked. 
And yes. then, of course, Austin uh, lost. So then he was no longer uh, a general. He was no longer co-general manager. <laughs> And that the was, that and was sells it like it's a funeral too. If you remember, like he's like, this is this is a sad day for Stone Cold. It's like Stone Cold is no longer part of of, of WWE. WWE, he he can't do a stunner anymore. Oh no! <laughs> did he do a toast in the ring too? I'm trying to remember. Did he do something? He like that? Did. I don't even remember to tell you the truth. I was I was more of a Bischoff guy in those days, for sure. I, I love Bischoff. I do too. One time, totally. I'll, I'll tell this quick story. One time, uh, my friend and I, this is like around that time, uh, we went to uh, Tower Records to go meet Eric Bischoff. And there was a long line, you know, we were just chilling. And uh, <laughs> the guy in front of us was wearing a Stone Cold Steve Austin shirt. It was the same time because they were feuding, right? And he was in front of us and he was at the table in front of Eric Bischoff. We, you know, we could we could hear him, and he was going, "What, what, what, what?" Like all what, like stupid, like an idiot. And so we walked up, and Eric Bischoff kind of had his head down. He wasn't really feeling it, and he goes, "Oh, hey guys, what's up?" And he like put his hand out to shake her hand, and I go, "No, Mr. Bischoff, not like that, like this." And I put up too sweet. Yeah, he got the biggest. He got the biggest smile on his face. Right, he smiled so fucking big. And then when he signed my autograph again this is a wwf production he signed mm. my autograph and i said hey can you write nwo for life and he did he wrote nwo for life oh, on yeah that's so sick yeah that's so sick i want to have i'm always glad to hear when uh people at signings will do like the extra thing or whatever you know? right i was just like dude will you write nwo for life <laughs> i still <laughs> have it and it's framed you still have it? Yeah. In fact, I have uh, a picture that I took of him, not with him, but of him, because he's all the fans are assholes, you know, except for us, because he's, I guess, Eric Bischoff's a heel, and me and my friend loved him. Um, there's this fan behind us being an asshole, Derek Bischoff, just talking shit to him. And I, as we were walking out, I turn around and I go, "Hey, thanks again, Mr. Bischoff." And he looks at me and says, "No, thank you." And so he's looking at me in my picture. He's looking at me. But the guy that he's in the picture with is looking at his camera. So somewhere in the world, that guy's a picture of him with Eric Bischoff, where Eric Bischoff is looking away. <laughs> <laughs> and he's probably got it framed on his wall. He's like, oh, he's not looking at me. He's not, he's not looking at me. Yeah, I have it framed on my wall, and it's not even a picture of me with him. Yeah, I think there's you, you can appreciate Bischoff. There's obviously the people have their opinions on his booking and all, but as a performer, as as a heel general manager, which I think he served his role great. I'm so glad oh, yeah. that Vince had the foresight. How many people would have the foresight to bring him in? I mean, it is that thing of Vince. If I, if I can't, if if you're out there, I'd rather control you and pay you so I can have you under my thumb. But I'd rather, you, I'd rather you be on my team. Yeah, yeah. But he he served as like just being the coach general, and then you had like the kind of thing with Austin coming in, and people forget that Bischoff fired Austin. You know, so there was a little bit of tension there too. So I thought I thought his work as the the on screen uh, heel general manager for WWE, uh, great stuff. I, I was never I was never not entertained by him. He, he served his role well. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! All right, who's next? I'm sorry. Oh, it was uh, Pratik's next, right? Yeah. So uh, we obviously know my number one. So we'll do we'll do number two. Uh, number two is again we're going we're going to twenty we're going to 2017. Uh, we have the Team Raw versus Team SmackDown. Yes, but there was there were stipulations to this. 
Uh, Kurt Angle uh, led Team Raw against uh, Shane McMahon. So you had you had the history of Angle and Shane McMahon, which you know one of my favorite matches ever is the Street Fight. So oh, to me, there was a lot of history great. with this match. You also had, if you look at the sides of each match, you had you had you had Finn Balor, Samoa Joe, Triple H, and then the other uh, Braun Strowman's also on Team Raw. Then on the other side, you had oh. Nakamura, Bobby Roode. So you have all these NXT feuds. You have all these TNA feuds. You have everything. You got. You <laughs> Yeah, uh, what was that? Oh, I said, yeah, it's funny because all the TNA feuds carry over. DNA feuds carry over. And then you have just randomly Triple H, John Cena, Randy Orton. Like, just like so many like different histories. And like, it was like kind of like a passing of the torch match, if you think about it. Because you had like John Cena, Randy Orton, Triple H, like sort of like the old guard. Then you had like, you know, all these hot NXT guys, but people around the world had known them for years. So it was, yeah. it's, it's a really good match. Uh, you know, again, you had those stakes. Uh, Team Raw won. So Kurt Angle got to keep his broad general manager job. Uh, Clocked in at 33 minutes and 20 seconds, um, and this was the main event of the night. Uh, and I think I think it deserved it. the The other match on that card that's really good, actually, they, the 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 uh, the pre- precursor to that match, the 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 last match on the undercard was also uh, Brock Lesnar versus AJ Styles. Which again, you never thought you were going to see Brock Lesnar versus AJ Styles. They they put on a fucking 15 minute clinic. Very underrated match. Um, you know, again, to me, this is AJ Styles just proving proving what people have known for years, you know, impressing the WWF people. So, yeah, uh, maybe not an overall great pay-per-view, but the last few matches on this card were amazing, and it, and it, and it really bumped it up for me. The, people might sleep on, I think, for our listeners out there especially, like, I would go back, like, 2015, 2016, like, people sleep on those those brand extensions. They really did a good job pairing both sides. So that, that's yeah, what I have. The, the, the newest brand extension, 2016, yeah. that was a really good – that's when Finn uh, got drafted from NXT. Got drafted, yeah. And um, he won the Universal title. That was a big deal. That was a great he, – he literally – there's been very few people who, in their first debut, pay-per-view debut, they won a title, and it happened to be a heavyweight title. You know, it, it's never been done since, you know. And again, of course, to bring it back to, you know, again, he got injured literally. You have to vacate the next day. It's it's a shame, you know. Yeah, like MJF will on Wednesday. <laughs> no, um, don't jinx well, this it. Is a different, nah, this working. is a different he's show. Working. My bad. Well, I was saying don't even jinx it. Like, yeah, we're, I'm sure people are listening. To, they're, they're binge watching or binge listening to these. So I'm sure they're just like they're following along with our little callbacks. But <laughs> But yeah, no, it's. I'm sure he'll be fine. Um, yeah, I'm sure he will too. They would have probably addressed. <laughs> knock that. on, knock on proverbial wood. <laughs> knock on uh, whatever my desk is made out of. Uh, I'm gonna go with my number one here. You know, I wasn't gonna go with the invasion, but I changed my answer. I looked at a few matches real quick. Uh, Team Degeneration X versus Team RKO, uh, 2006. This is a really uh, good time, good match. It was where did it go? Ooh. It was uh, Shawn Michaels, Triple H, CM Punk. <laughs> And the Hardy Boys. That, that's the history thing. of this match. <laughs> I think this is the first time. I think they said, if I remember right, this is the first time nobody got eliminated on one team. Mm. Uh, versus Randy Orton, Edge, Gregory Helms, <laughs> yeah. Mike Knox with Kelly Kelly. Hell yeah. Anytime Kelly Kelly's involved, this always a good yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, and Molina. Do you remember? Uh, so this match, CM Punk was so over with the audience. This match ended with the Shawn Michaels and Triple H in the ring and with the Hardy Boys and the crowd overwhelmingly chanting CM Punk 
yeah. CM Punk, CM Punk, to where Triple H is like, this is my homie right here. And you put his arm around him and everything. I thought at that moment, CM Punk was a made man. Triple H was going to take him under his wing and show him the ropes. But instead, <laughs> uh, Triple H just put him out like a cigarette. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. It was a good time. Right? It was a good time. Fuck. That was definitely CM Punk's coming out party. You know, what's like, that? I missed that. That was definitely CM Punk's coming out party, like as a mainstream, as a mainstream. Yeah, no, it was he he was so over, but it, it is that thing. I he references it in the in the Triple H pipe bomb that he has during that whole run. It's it's the match that maybe that it should have been the match that really you know took him under his wing, make him make him the next big yeah, thing. You know, make him the next people big say grab. You know what? What is it that Vince and everybody says? Oh, if you get over, if you grab the brass ring, well, CM Punk grab the brass ring. But so many, you know, so many brass rings, so he many brass, brass rings, fridge. so many favors. You know, literally could have almost died from a staff infection. Like what the fuck? And you know, yeah. it, instead uh, Triple H, like he's happy and he puts his arm around him on camera, but like behind the behind scenes, behind the scenes, like, no he's boy. like um, insecure about it. You know, yeah, he's threatened. What the fuck? Um, it was a quick one too. Eleven minutes. It was only eleven minutes. Yeah, I was surprised. It was a pretty quick one. No wonder nobody got eliminated on the good guy team. Yeah, <laughs> they didn't have time. <laughs> All right, you stay. <laughs> You're good. All right, what's your number one, Xavier? What you got? All right, so the callback to the Stinger Survivor Series 2014. Yeah, baby. Yes, Team Cena, John Cena, Dolph Ziggler. Dolph, uh, you're gonna have to edit that. Dolph Ziggler. That's fine. Eric Rowan, Big Show, and Ryback. Fuck Ryback. Uh, versus Team Authority: Seth Rollins, Kane, Harper, Mark Henry, and Rusev. Wait, what kind of was game it? was it? Uh, who cares? No, I think he's probably corporate. corporate Kane. Right? Yeah. <laughs> AKA Glenn Jacobs, Mayor of Wrestling is in his slacks. In his slacks. <laughs> in his slacks. What a bummer. You know, good old corporate cane. That was, you know what? As much as like in the moment, I hated the authority. Like I just hated that (laughs) storyline. I didn't want it to be happening. But looking back on it, it wasn't terrible. It was pretty fun. Yeah, for what it was. It made it made mainstream news. Like literally, people who weren't even really. I think a lot of lapsed fans, because at that, I remember I didn't watch that until like on the news, like oh, Sting returned. Then I went and went back and watched it. And it was one of those things where like, yeah, like it was like you never thought Sting was going to show up in WWE ever. And this was this was this was huge. You know, you had the and then you had the authority. You had Triple H. You kind of led to their little match. Yes, Triple H won the match, whatever. I mean, it was 15 years too late, but it was pretty huge. It was it was it, we everybody was excited. And, and the pop that he got, you know, yeah. it's, I think Lawler even did his typical like. Like he does that shriek or whatever when some surprise what? happens. Yeah, what? <laughs> you hear that? Well, should have done the old Tony funny. It's Sting. It's <laughs> yeah. Sting. I forget. Did somebody do, was was I think Cole tried to do an it's Sting. Probably. Right? I, don't I think exactly. he did. I, I don't think he Shivani did. It depends yeah. on who you're asking, but uh, he did. I Sting. Like he did give it the uh, the Shivani. A, a good loud yeah. He gave it the, the old Vince McMahon uh, commentary. <laughs> Yeah, right. My favorite was, was when, uh, when, uh, it was like a couple weeks later, when Sting was on the Titan Tron, and they go, Sting's here, Sting's here. And then I think JBL goes, That's not Sting, that's a picture of Sting. <laughs> <laughs> and then it really was Sting. <laughs> oh my God. JBL has me blocked on Twitter. 
<laughs> Did you say he blocked you on Twitter? Oh, yeah, for real? he blocked me on Twitter. Yeah, what yeah. What was, was the uh, what was the tweet? Uh, so it was. I don't know if you guys remember. I guess his mic was hot with Cole, and they were like on a commercial break, and he was talking shit about like CM Punk. Again, I was a punk guy like for life, you know, and I was like, "Fuck you, JBL!" Like something stupid, you know, and yeah. it was just, like blocked. But I love JBL. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I think he's fucking <laughs> his parachute pants and all his Bradshaw work. I'm real. Oh yeah, you can't you can't forget the APA. I even love. Oh. You, you need it. They needed on SmackDown at that time. You talk about early SmackDown. They needed like a good heel, and he that that Texas rich guy asshole oh, Republican. The JBL heel. character really stepped up. It really did, and it was good for the time. A good frame. foil for Cena. Good foil for Eddie yeah. Guerrero. Those fucking immigration yeah. matches or whatever, whatever it was. He like, was a, he was a really good transition right from Eddie to Cena. Yes. Yeah, and Absolutely. very Jericho esque with you know almost reinventing himself. You know, yeah, the no, he completely ministry, reinvented himself. Yeah, the APA. He was the fucking cowboy, and you know, kind of calling back to that cowboy, but a business elite. He uh, had some kind know, of talk show on MSN at the time. He had some kind of some kind of talk show on MSN at the time. And yeah. Fox News. He would appear on Fox News too. So he was wow, already kind of playing up that Republican. It was timely too. It made sense because you had like George W. Bush and all these people. Like it was. It was real, genuine. He also famously went to Germany and did a Nazi goose step. Oh, like, yeah. He got in the trouble. The balls to do that as a heel in Germany. Yeah. Like, man. Yeah. And Jericho got in trouble in Brazil because he stepped on the Brazilian flag. <laughs> I, I remember <laughs> he him. stepped on her or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they got hey, him out of there uh, real quick. My favorite, <laughs> block, my favorite block on Twitter is Matt Morgan. Matt Morgan. Yeah, I blocked Matt. Or Matt no, I didn't block, he blocked me. So, <laughs> So it was around the time where Matt Morgan was like going for the TNA title, like 08 or 09, I think. And I said something along the lines of uh, Matt Morgan could have won a world title if he owned a wrestling company. (laughs) (laughs) And then we went to uh, we went to uh, TNA uh, Bound for Glory in 2009 because they were like in Irvine, California. Okay. Down south. And uh, Matt Morgan, we're a line outside. And uh, Matt Morgan was like outside talking to the people, and he was walking by me. And I told my friend, "I'm all, I'm gonna step in, I'm gonna step in his path." And I was like, "Don't be a bitch, unblock me on Twitter." And, <laughs> and he walked right by me, and I didn't do it. That motherfucker's huge. Ah. <laughs> I didn't do it. Well deserved, I guess. That's a that's a a good yeah. block. Yeah. If, that, if you're gonna get blocked, that that's pretty cool. Uh, well, maybe on Mastodon, I can finally get somebody to block me. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm blocked by Bull Dempsey, and I don't know why. Bill oh, Dempsey. Bull Dempsey, yeah. Uh, he was in NXT. Bull James or whatever. I don't know. I think his name was Bull Dempsey. I remember. I, remember I don't him. remember him anymore. But he yeah. blocked me when he got released. I went to go hit him up so I could have him on my podcast, and I was like blocked, and I was like, I've never had to with you in my life. <laughs> You never know. You never know. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Wait, uh, did you guys didn't do your number one yet? Huh? Oh wait, no. Well, I think, my number one was I think, uh, uh, already mentioned. Um, I was gonna say if we want to touch on, let's touch on '98 Survivor Series real quick. That's a people know. You know, everybody knows about '97, the screw drop, but but '98, the deadly games. I think that's a you know everybody needs to go back and watch that. '98 um, was probably one of my favorite favorite pay per yeah. because of that tournament. I love yeah. tournaments. I really tournaments really are the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a good one, you too. know, because Ken Shamrock was, in, and it was just a huge swerve because everybody was heel in the tournament, you know, and we didn't. And then Rock turned heel too. Rock, all these guys, but the best part was we didn't know that Rock was heel going into the main event, 
And then he got Mankind and the Sharpshooter. And they said, ring the bell. He quit. And they redid the Montreal job as a work. Yep. That's crazy. That blew my mind at the time. I just sat there and I was like, did they just redo the Montreal screw job? Yeah. <laughs> but it was perfect. It, it, it was like, perfect. It, it, it was gave a, a crowd ending. a tease of what was. Yep. Especially yeah. when uh, Austin was going to go to the finals and Shane was like, one, two, and you flipped them off. Yeah, oh. you had the hail turn from Shane too. Yeah. Oh, the build that for that was Shane was on Austin's side. Like, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, that was really. And then uh, the corporate rock was just one of my favorite characters of all time. Corporate I rock versus corporate mankind. Rock. I mean, that was just a great. It led to so many classic matches: the Royal Rumble with those handcuffs and the ten shields. Oh. I definitely prefer corporate rock to corporate Kane. Yeah, yeah, hundred yeah, percent. I like corporate rock. I think Corporate Kane also. I think Corporate Kane runs Knox County, Tennessee, right now too. He's in England. I'm looking at the card. There were 18 matches. If you count the heat matches, there were 18 matches total that night. Yeah. Wow, 18. And they did it in uh, less time than AEW's pay per views. <laughs> well, they did. It, they did it in three hours. I mean, I guess the pre-show too. Well, a lot of yeah, the pre-show matches were all like two minutes. Uh, oh, the, the opening match of the night was a first round with Mankind and Dwayne Gill, <laughs> and that was thirty seconds. So that <laughs> that's how you kick off a pay per view with a thirty second squash match. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Mankind. They, no, Mankind was a favorite. Awesome yeah, favorite. It was Look, mankind was technically you all. You kind of had a double turn that night because you had he, mankind was kind of Vince McMahon's boy and kind of he was heelish mankind, and then he became a face and you had Rock turning over. To yeah, him. you're right. He became a full fledged face. Yeah, because him and Rock started a feud. Mm-hmm. Yeah, stacked card, man. Names like Ken Shamrock, you know. Yeah, Ken Shamrock. Ken Shamrock. I don't feel like he gets enough credit for what he did. For he wrestling. doesn't. No, he, he, he changed. Really he changed like the face of submission wrestling. Like, like there was no tapping out before Ken Shamrock was in the WWF. People are still doing the ankle lock. You got Jason Alexander doing it. Wait, you know, Josh Alexander. Oh, Josh Alexander. Sorry. Like Jason Alexander was on Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what am I saying? Yeah, the stands the I did, I did the ankle lock, Jerry. Is it the ankle angle lock or the ankle lock? I don't Is know. it the ankle lock, Jerry? <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! Uh, you know, Kurt Angle was doing it for a minute. Look at the no, line I mean, yeah, for a long time. In fact, um, somebody I don't remember who it was, but somebody stole Kurt Angle's angle slam. And then he said, uh, he made some statement going, yeah, you notice I didn't do the ankle lock until Ken Shamrock retired. Pro- yeah, and he, I think he even yeah. asked him or he like let yeah, him. I do. think he asked for, for permission, yeah. which I think is t- super badass. Yeah. Um, but that Ken Shamrock was so dope. He was. I mean, you had, uh, you, you had the, uh, you, it, one of the, one of the, one of the heat matches was a young, too much Brian Christopher Scott Taylor, aka too cool, facing the young Hardy Boys. So, like, a lot of young talent, uh, was just at this pay per view. Young Edge and Christian. You had yeah, the Hardy Boys in 98. Hardy Boys. Gold Dust was there. He's, he's, a, I still consider Gold Dust a legend. I hope, I hope Dustin Rhodes gets like one, one more run with a title or something. He deserves it. He's a fucking more. Maybe All Atlantic title. <laughs> yeah, All Atlantic something. <laughs> Give him the backpack. <laughs> you had Steven Regal doing hard, his hard hat Harry character. The man. Oh, yeah. He's a real man. He's a real man. man. He's a man. He's a man's man. He's a real man. Yeah. That was a terrible gimmick. Yeah. But 
for honor no Lord, actual survivor series like no four on fours in this you did have a wow, you did have a yeah you had a triple threat tag team match uh that was the under that was the last match in the undercard you had new age outlaws uh, defeating D'Lo Brown, Mark Henry, and the Headbangers. Good old Mosh and Thatcher, the Headbangers. <laughs> Mosh and Thatcher were cool. I remember they broke a stereo over somebody's head at one point. Yeah. <laughs> they were hardcore. I loved it. As a kid, I was a, a heavy meddler. Still am. Yeah. I was just like, yeah, yeah this is fucking cool. Yeah. You know? They were also playable in Warzone and Attitude, like the two, like PlayStation. And, you know, I was formative on the PlayStation. So I'm like, yeah, you know, so I'm, was glad, I'm I was so glad you had that. Same. I was a big D'Lo Brown fan too. You know, still am. You know, from Chicago. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's a Chicago guy. I forgot about that. Yeah, great. The head shake. <laughs> we're shaking. You know, we're all doing it. You can't see it, but we're doing. It. <laughs> we're doing the D'Lo head shake. <laughs> uh, yeah, you'll get the real deal now. You know, D'Lo was in a tag team with Chaz, and they called him the Lowdown, and I hated yes. that. It was named that was the D'Lo's fucking finisher. worst. The yeah. worst. <laughs> There was Tiger Ali Singh, I think. Good <laughs> old Tiger Ali Singh. Hell yeah. Setting, setting Indian people back forever. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Good times. Good times. Oh, yeah. honorable mentions. I wanted to talk about uh, the perfect tag team match, you guys. Uh, this was 1992, I want to say. Okay. And it was supposed to be uh, Ric Flair and Razor Ramon against Randy Savage and the Ultimate Warrior. But the Ultimate Warrior got fired, or something happened where he he was. Oh, it was I think when him and Davey got uh, cut because of steroid stuff, and so Randy Savage was partnerless. And so I remember Monday nights primetime wrestling, watching primetime wrestling. Uh, Savage was kind of promo going, "I found the the partner. I found a perfect partner. Ah. I was perfect to be my partner." And then Bobby Heenan was like laughing at him, like that's so ridiculous, like. <laughs> If Mr. Perfect would not have turned babyface if Bobby Heenan didn't demean him in that promo. Wow. And Bobby's like, that's ridiculous. That's the worst partner. He's not going to be your partner. That's so ridiculous. You're not going to do it. And he like stood up and he poured his water on uh, on Bobby Heenan. He's like, Heenan. <laughs> I accept, Savage. And it was Mr. Perfect coming out of retirement, which to me was like the best because I love Mr. Perfect. Oh, he he was great. Uh, yeah, and they, and they had good chemistry together. It was, it, And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Randy Savage in his in his rap album debut, if you don't remember, Randy Savage had a yeah. rap album. One of his lead tracks on that was called "My Perfect Friend" my in perfect tribute friend. of the it's recently departed an ode Kurt. to Mr. Perfect, Kurt Henning. But um, no, I remember this match. I think I've seen it. Like I don't think I saw it live, but I've seen it a few times on the on the network. No, it's a you know good little tag team match. You know, star the star power there was great. Uh, not too long, also. I'm looking. I think it's like 16 minutes only. So yeah, it didn't drag. You know. Perfect it was uh, it was them no really like like Mister Perfect coming out of retirement, but also trying to make Razor Ramon because he was still new. Yeah, he was super new. It's crazy to see the the evolution too. You know, as far as you know, Randy Savage and Razor Ramon, and then you end up a few years later working on the other side. You know, so it's cool how it all comes full circle. Oh yeah, yeah. In fact, all of these guys were in WCW later on. <laughs> later. Yeah. yeah, literally. Yeah. That's funny. It's crazy. Hell yeah. Well, there's Survivor Series. Any other honorable you, you got an honorable mention, Xavier? What's that? You got an honorable mention? I I feel like my honorable mention was the uh tag team match with uh Los Guerreros and oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Ben Juan Angle. Hell yeah. Good times. I'm on the spot. I can't think of anything now. 
<laughs> Survivor Series, it's what, uh, a week and a half away? Yeah, it's the 26th. 26th, so. yeah. It's on, it's on uh, Black, Black, I guess, Black Saturday, whatever. The Saturday oh, after. after oh, okay. So it's on Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah, yeah. it's actually on Thanksgiving weekend. That's actually pretty interesting because, you know, it used to be the day before Thanksgiving. Now it's going to be two days after. I don't know. Uh, yeah, they've been having Survivor Series later and later now. Um, uh, 2019 was in Rosemont Horizon. That was on the 24th of November. So that was literally like right after Thanksgiving as well. Um, yeah. You know, I'm calling shenanigans because this year SummerSlam was in July. Yeah, I can't believe that. that's never happened. It's always been in August. It's always been in August. That was really yeah, strange. Was really uh, strange. I, I guess, yes, it was the last week of July. Um, I think probably because I think it was the last was- day of July even. Yeah, it was like the la- just the last Saturday. But they're, they're, I don't oh, know yeah, why yeah. all the all, most of the pay per views this year have been Saturday. I think they're just pushing for Saturday pay per views, probably for more money, probably for more for kids because kids can come to. Mm-hmm. Well, they started doing that during the pandemic because it didn't really matter what yeah. they did then. You know, they could kind of rewrite whatever they're doing, and um, I think they just liked it. You know, yeah, it seems to work for them. Yeah, yeah, and then AEW is funny because they go back and forth. It's like they have Saturday for their lesser shows and then Sunday for their bigger shows. Right, right, yeah. I know for AEW, they've been trying to, like, compete with, like, there's either, like, been a boxing thing or a UFC thing. So a lot of that is just, you know, they don't want to compete with That makes sense. Exactly. Yeah, that makes sense. Why why might you have Sunday when you could just do Saturday? (laughs) Yeah, super tactical. Yeah. Hell yeah. All right, you guys. You uh, you guys want to wrap it up? You want to plug some social media? Where can people find you? Uh, at Prathy Comedy on Instagram, Facebook, and coming soon to Mastodon as well. <laughs> hey, I did a tw- I did a not a tweet, but like a toot. They call them toots on Mastodon, and it said, uh, "I think Mastodon after dark should be Mastodom." Yeah, <laughs> Mastodon. Mastodon. Where you at, Xavier? You can find me on Twitter at Xavier Venom. Instagram, you can find me at Lord Xavier. My link tree is in both those bios. You can find my music. You can find upcoming shows, tickets to those shows, the link to this podcast, and plenty yeah. more. So check it out. Oh yeah, you can find me everywhere: uh, Mastodon, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Venmo at Funky Sam Medina. All that fun stuff. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! You guys, it's been super fun. Thank you so much. Thank you guys. Yeah. Have a good, happy, Thanksgiving. Uh, happy Survivor Series, everybody. Yeah, yeah, happy Survivor Series. I can't wait to talk about it. Hell yes. yes. <laughs> Enjoy your families. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving.